144 verse 15 on the screen. Hallelujah. This is you. This is you right here. <laughs> Happy are the people who are in such a state. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now give God one more big happy praise and take your seats. <laughs> All right, have a seat, have a seat. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for revelation. Thank you for confirmation of your word through signs following. We pray in Jesus' name, so be it. Amen. And amen. We're happy people. Praise the Lord. 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 Keeps on doing great things for us. Amen. That was nice. That was nice, Shante. Hallelujah. Yeah, we knew about the over $3,000 worth of debt being erased. But she slid in the whole new job thing. She slid that right on in there, praise God. $3,000, that ain't nothing. To a single mother with three kids? more dollars? Shoot. If you saw five dollars on the ground, you wouldn't just skip past it. You sure pick it up. Oh, I'm, I'm going to KFC now, boy. Five dollar fill up. Praise the Lord. The picture of happiness, part six. All right. So we're happy. Because God is doing great things for us now. Now, um, I'll share this. I'll share this with somebody in my office this morning. We're talking. And uh, God bless. We've been doing jobs and all this kind of good stuff that happens. And we get increased. And uh, same thing with Shantae and all of us. God's blessing all of us. So there's, there's a reason why we have to look at this scripture here in Luke 12, 15. Luke 12, 15 says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Right? Well, why do we got to say that when somebody gets a new job? See, because what happens is, when we get a new job and increase comes in, the devil wants to get you to where now you become more secure in that new money, that newfound wealth. Jesus calls it in Matthew 13 and Mark 4 and Luke chapter 8, the deceitfulness of riches. In other words, you get an extra quarter hour, you get extra $10, whatever, whatever it is, and all of a sudden, that money starts to move you. You let that money dictate your life as opposed to Romans 8 14 being led by the Spirit see the sons of God we're not led by money we're led by the Spirit of God right 
Matthew, I think it's chapter 6, I know it's chapter 6, I believe it's verse 24, where it says, uh, you cannot serve uh, two masters. No man can serve two masters. Either you must love the one, hate the other, cleave to one, or despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So you have to uh, make sure you don't start serving that extra $5 or serving that extra 1000 Okay? So that's why he says, take heed and beware of covetousness. Now, I told you already, the reason why God has us on this, I asked him last Saturday, and he, he told me why. The reason he has us on this issue of covetousness, when we're talking about happiness, I started talking about happiness. Nobody wants to talk about covetousness. I already told you, there's no, you can search Word Network, TBN, you can search God TV, Inspiration Network, there is no covetousness 2018 conference. You'll never hear a, a best-selling book on covetousness. It just won't exist because nobody wants to talk about that. It's not a comfortable subject, but it's a necessary subject for us because of where we are. That we're in a time that God is about to increase you. I mean, <laughs> I told somebody this morning, you're going, in a minute, you're going to sneeze at 12,000. Y'all hear what I'm saying to you? I walked you through last Sunday and Wednesday by the Holy Ghost, by the Holy Ghost, these scriptures about what God is doing in this last hour. Proverbs 13, 22. Ecclesiastes 2, 26. James chapter 5, right? Job. And I showed you, I showed, showed you these places where God has, for these last days, uh, heaped up treasure for us. God has... He prepared, he's prepared uh, wealth, but he needs a prepared people. Because I told you this last week, God will not take wealth and riches out of the hands of sinful men because they're, you know, not rich toward him because they're covetous. And then put it in the hands of believers who are also covetous. You understand? God's not going to take. It's like, you know, going from the fire into the frying pan. You understand that? God still wouldn't get his agenda accomplished if he takes from the wicked rich and puts it into the hand of the righteous rich if they're not rich toward God. You got it? So he has to deal with this issue of covetousness. So he said, take heed and beware of covetousness, Luke 12, 15. It's the same way. Uh, as if you are, I know it's not you, but I'm talking about if you had a person, I'll say that, if a person who's a diabetic, what, what do diabetics do every day? Okay, oh, yeah, they, 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 they take their insulin, but they check their blood sugar level every day. Why? To make sure it's not out of whack. They don't skip a week. They don't go every once a year and check it. No. They check it every day. I remember my, my father uh, dealt with diabetes for a while. God actually healed him of it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, but I remember he, see him around there with those little needles pricking his finger every day. And that's, you know, as a little kid, I'm like, ugh. But he had to do it every day because you can't let that get out of whack. Any issue you're dealing with, you've got to check it on a regular basis. 
So when Jesus says, take heed and beware, he's saying, check yourself out. Okay, uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Let's look at that here. Proverbs 4 and verse 23. What does it say? In fact, give, give me the King James on that. Give me the King James. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Okay, so keep thy heart or keep your heart. Uh, I'm looking for a translation that might say guard, because that, that's the word I want you to really look at here. Amplify, all right, give me amplified, thank you. Keep and guard your heart with vigilance and above all that you guard. Y'all still with me? Keep and guard your heart. I didn't mean to bring the room down. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to ease us into this here, here, okay? Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. So while you're trying to guard, you know, we, we got now uh, 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 doorbells that you can look at people. Right? Because you, you can't even really enjoy your vacation. Because you're checking back, <laughs> making sure nobody's creeping around your house. Why? You, because you're guarding that. But notice it says here, and above all that you guard. We have password protection on all of our stuff. Our cell phones, our computers, our bank accounts, we have password. We're guarding it. We're trying to guard our money. Right? I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying that's just a reality, right? And yet he says, keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard. Now, what is that you're guarding your heart from? One of the biggest things here is covetousness. Because I showed you covetousness is a disease. Remember that word, pleonexia? Pleonexia is the actual Greek word where you get the word covetousness from in the New Testament. And so that pleonexia is talking about uh, this, this greedy desire to have more. It's extreme greed for wealth or material gain. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So you got to be careful that you don't allow that to get into your heart because if you let it get into your heart, it will mess you up. Proverbs 1.19, that man who's greedy for desire, the Bible talks about how it takes the life of its owners. That greed, that one who's greedy for gain, greedy for gain, it'll take your life. So he said you got to watch out for it. Hallelujah. Y'all know this already, right? That's why. So we got to watch out for it, all right? Now, so let's, let's keep going here. And um, I want to get to some to the good side of this here. All right? All right? Maybe it's not all right. I got one all right. Okay. Now, Mark 10. Let's go back over there. We, we hit there Wednesday night. Mark 10. Because I want to show you a guy, again, who suffered from stage four pleonexia. What I say? Stage four pleonexia. He was right at the brink of death, spiritual death. Remember what we just read in Proverbs 119, the one who's greedy for gain, it takes away the life of its owner. So greed or covetousness will kill you spiritually. Okay? It's the very thing that happened to Adam and Eve. The Bible says Eve saw that tree 
and saw it was good for food, pleasant to the eyes, good to make one wise. She coveted, she lusted after that tree. The Bible talks about the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Eve fell victim to all three of those. And she and Adam, the moment they ate of it, they died spiritually and began to die physically. It might have taken them 900 some years after that, but they died physically. Okay? Now you can die a whole lot quicker than 900 some years. Isn't that right? So uh, let's look at this here. <clears throat> Mark 10. You got a guy. I'm just reviewing, so I'm going to speed through this, okay? If you weren't here Wednesday night, go back and watch Wednesday night, all right? Mark 10, verse 17. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running. This is a rich young ruler, okay? Came running and up before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life, all right? Now, understand when he says inherit, don't you see the word inherit like after somebody dies because uh, this man knows an inheritance, somebody else dies. He doesn't have to die, so he's not talking about trying to get to the afterlife, okay? He's not trying to get to the afterlife. He's talking about how do I inherit, that word inherit, if you look in the Greek, literally means to obtain. How do I get this eternal life or this, this non-ending life? That word life in the Greek is the Greek word zoe, which means the God kind of life or the abundant life. So he's asking, how do I get this never-ending God kind of life? Did you see that? How do I get, how do I obtain this never-ending, eternal God kind of life? Why is he saying that? Because he's come, he comes to Jesus Christ, he runs, which is not proper for a rich man, he kneels, which is also improper for a rich man, but he's kneeling at Jesus, Jesus Christ's feet because he sees something on Jesus that he wants. Yes. Jesus himself is a rich man. Yes. I got yes, three yeses. I said, I'm gonna make sure I say this for all you religious people, Jesus Christ himself is a rich man. He's a very rich man. Born to poor parents, but it wasn't a matter of a few days before some uh, a couple years that these these wise men showed up and gave him a wealth transfer. He became a rich man. I'm not sure I'm in the right house this morning because some of y'all still looking like like I'm talking foolishness. He's a tell you, Dave. He's a rich man. I don't believe that. Well, you don't believe it. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you have a treasurer? No? You don't have a treasurer? Jesus had one. Do you know why a treasurer has, why a man has a treasurer? For his treasures. You don't have a treasurer if you don't have any treasures. Okay? So he's a, he had a treasurer because he had treasures. You read Luke chapter 8, the Bible talk about all the women and all the rich people who would come and minister to him of their substance. So he wasn't broke, okay? He wasn't broke, okay? So this rich man comes and sees Jesus Christ, and he kneels down before him. I'm submitting, man. You got something I don't have. But what he saw beyond with Jesus' wealth was his lifestyle, was his happiness. Jesus Christ is rich and happy. This rich young ruler is rich, but he's not happy, James. So you can be rich, but not be happy. 
Because money does not buy happiness. You just rent it for two or three hours. Are you hearing me? So money will not make you happy. So this man saw Jesus Christ and he's apparently happy all the time. Right? And so he asked him, what must I do to get what you have? All right? So Jesus goes through these commandments here. You know, you got to, you know, keep the commandments. Verse 19, don't commit adultery. So adultery won't make you happy. Don't murder. Murder won't make you happy. You'll feel good for a second. <laughs> I remember I used, I used to fantasize about murdering people. I did. I to, I've told you that before. My dark side, Joe Nathan, had these dreams of jumping off a roof and just, bam, just crushing them, man. I did. I'm not, I'm not lying. But the Lord has saved me even more. Glory to God. I mean, those dreams used to make me happy. <laughs> but this would have been temporary until I was locked up. Right? I'm, I'm too good looking to go to jail. Do not steal. Okay? All right? So stealing won't make you happy. False witness, lying on people will not make you happy. Don't defraud. Honor your father and your mother. You want to be happy with children? Honor your father and your mother. This is, he's asking, how do I get happy? So he answered and said, teacher, I've done all these things, verse 20, uh, since I've been a, a kid, since I've been young. Verse 21, then Jesus looking at him, that word looking means looking closely. He, he really observed him. He gave him, uh, my wife gave this term, a spiritual MRI. Okay, look right through him. And he loved him and said to him, well, here's the one thing you lack. That will make you happy. All right? What does he, what does he say? Go, Go your way. Come on. Sell, sell whatever you have and do what? Give to the Lord. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. So if you want to be happy, you need to, you need to become a giver. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Y'all don't want to hear what I'm telling you this morning. He said, if you want to be really happy... Become a giver. He said, take what you have, convert it to seed, and go and bless some poor people. Find some, oh, they gotta be, everybody gotta be poor. No, no, you can bless other people too. They ain't gotta be poor on the street. But when you, you become a giver, you are listening to God all the time as to what you would have me to do. Amen? You just did it a few moments ago when you blessed Shantae. She ain't poor. But you heard a word. Well, Pastor, you said that. That's right. I speak for the Lord. Right? Or else you wouldn't be here. Don't go to a church with somebody speaking for the Lord. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll leave that alone. Praise the Lord. All right? So he says, here's the one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. So then this is the answer the man, uh, watch what happens in verse 22. But he was sad at this word. He's sad at this word, giving. He's sad at this word. That's how people get. Whenever a preacher preaches something and he starts talking about money, people get sad at this word. Talk about the resurrection. 
Preach about getting souls saved, Reverend. But the moment you say something about money, people get sad at this word. That sadness at this word is a clear indication of covetousness. Because what it says is that you love money. So every other subject is open, but the subject of money is out of bounds. You, you, can't, you can't say anything about money. Hallelujah. You can even talk about healing. Uh, a lot of them, they, they, won't, they won't believe it, believe it. They'll believe it, you know, but you can talk about it. But you say something about money, and then here, here, here it comes, here it comes, here it comes. You ready, you ready? Here it comes. All they wanted that church is your money. <laughs> One, you don't have any. Two, I don't want it. Three, I'm a giver. I have opened up my own, according to Philippians chapter 4, my own giving and receiving account. Isn't that what Paul talked about in Philippians chapter 4? He said, I talk about you opening up a giving and receiving account. Notice he didn't say, I want you to open up a receiving account. He said, I want you to open up, I'm showing you about a giving and receiving account. You see, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't preach for anybody's money. I one some one time, some some person, bless their darling heart. I found out somebody posted on our Facebook page at, that they said, oh, "Oh, uh pastor is working hard for them tithes and offerings because because you, you gotta pay bills." First of all, they spell tithes T-I-E-S like tithes. I said, well, "Praise the Lord." Uh, I, okay, I, I move on. Okay, I move on. Right. I mean, I didn't say anything. You know, when I, when I found out about it, I was like, well, you know. What? The Bible says if any man be ignorant, let him be ignorant. So, uh, you know, we're not going to, no, don't send a reply back. No, don't, no, just let it be, let it be what, it, what, it, what it is. First of all, <laughs> we don't have any bills like that. This whole church, this whole ministry is debt free. We've been debt free totally as a ministry since 2016. Now that's only a couple years, but that's enough to accumulate some money in the bank. And then secondly, my wife and I are personally debt free since 2017. It ain't that long, but it's enough to accumulate a little money in the bank. And the members falling right behind me. Y'all better hate that again. You're falling right behind me on that. So we don't have to work off of tithes and offering. <laughs> we, we tithe personally. And the church tithes. Tithes. We actually T-I-H-T-H-E-S. We do that. So you understand? But my point is, the moment you talk about money, people, they, they clam up. This is what this guy did. He was sad at this word and went away sorrowful. For he had great possessions. Really, the possessions had him. So then he went away. He left, he left early. 
Anissa, he, he, left, he left church. He left church service way too early. He didn't give time for the benediction. He didn't give time for, the, for Pastor Jesus to climax his message. He didn't let Jesus hoop or nothing. He just heard that about Jesus, you know, what happened, and his answer became his problem, and he went away, and he missed. He missed the hoop of the message. Jesus came along later and said, no man who's left father a mother, a sister, a brother, or children, or land for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive 100 fold mothers and children and lands and houses now in this time with persecution. Might even pulled his ear a little bit. Ah! <laughs> Glory. <laughs> but he missed it. <laughs> what Jesus said was, yeah, he missed the hundredfold return revelation. See, he, what he was looking at is all he could, could see was what he would lose. He was thinking about losing something. That if I gave, I would lose something. I would lose my status. I would lose my substance. I would lose my, 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 uh, you know, my identity. His life consisted of, with, of his things. But he didn't understand that whatever you give, will, it may leave your hand, but it will never leave your life. That when you become a conduit for blessing people, you see somebody in the store struggling with their groceries, don't just, oh, that's sad. No, no, you step in. That's why God's blessing you. Somebody's struggling trying to make it, that's why you are there. Y'all don't believe that? Y'all don't. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 28. I'm going to show you how many of y'all have a job. I'm going to show you why you have a job. Your job isn't to make you happy. Ephesians 4 28 is why you have a job. Are y'all seeing that? Let him who stole steal no more. Y'all ain't no, no thieves, are you? Ain't nobody trafficking no more, right? He says, but rather let him labor. Working with his hands, what is good? Go to work. Do something good. That or so that he may have something to give him who has need. That's the whole reason you have a job. Uh, y'all, y'all better look at it, y'all. Y'all still studying that. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, you mean all this degree I went and got? The only reason I got a job is this, this right here? Yeah. I just got my master's. I just got my doctorate. Well, praise the Lord. I just got, just got more money to do that. Everybody on this side believe that? Raise, raise your hand if you believe that scripture right here. All right. Look over there. Look, look. They don't believe. They, they, they struggling. <laughs> 
They are struggling. Look at them. They are struggling. Oh, everybody on this side, y'all believe that? Well, well, Pastor, how, how can this be? How can my work be about meeting other people's needs? Because Philippians 4.19... Says, but my God, not your job, my God shall supply. So your job is not to meet your need. Your job, Ephesians 4.28, is to help somebody else's need. Now, I, I, I understand that that's a hard pill to swallow. It's a hard concept to grasp. It's a hard thing because we've been conditioned from the time we've been little children to grow up, go to school, get a good job so you can take care of yourself. 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 And take care of your little crumb snatcher children too. Right? Don't go have all the children. You can't take care of them children. <laughs> that, that, that's we've been, we've been conditioned that way. And yet the Bible, the kingdom of God, is the exact opposite. That my job is so that I can give and meet other people's needs. Because my God will supply all my needs. Now, well, Pastor, how am I going to survive? Because you, you can't beat God giving. No matter how you try. Every time you give and make, make it your, your determination and purpose and priority to meet someone else's need, God's going to bring it back to you. Much greater than your job could do in the first place. I can tell you, I know, I, I ain't, I'm going to be a witness for all, all the, little, the little Facebook and, you know, YouTube voyeurs who want to pick on me. I am outliving my job. I am outliving my job. No way in the world, my job, what job, I'm talking about pastoring. I don't work, I don't do nothing else. I pastor. My job can't afford what God does in my life. And your job won't afford you what God wants to do in your life. So what you do is say, well, since, since it ain't going to provide what I want anyway, I'm going to take my job and turn it into a seed mill. And become a giver. God, any way you want to use me. You show me somebody, I'm going to bless me. You show me what to do, I'm going, I'm going to move in this way. And when you do that, God, oh, you, oh, really? Well, guess what I'm going to do then? He's going to do now 2 Corinthians. Go to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Glory to God. He's going to supply seed. Well, I'm, I'm way ahead of myself here. He's going to supply. I'm just telling you how it works, man. This thing, see, I know this here. He's going to supply seed to the sower and bread for your food. And uh, 
give me switch to the amplified on that verse for me, please. I'm boy, I'm 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 Yeah, I'll just gonna flow. Let me just And God, let's just put it in plain, put you know, put it in spades here. And God who provides seed for the sower. And bread for eating. That's for all your provision. That's to pay your, your lights, your water, your phone, your cable, your rent, your, your uh, keep your car washed. That's to, that's to keep, keep good clothes, nice clothes. I'm gonna, I'll show you this over here, boy, and if I can get to Psalm 144. Nice clothes. Matter of fact, don't, 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 don't lose that. I'm going to show you something here. Don't lose that verse, Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to twist scripture. I'm just telling you ahead of time. But when you catch the revelation, you're going to say, yeah, I got it. You ain't twisted it. You just give us light on it. Psalm 144, verse 13, amplified. Psalm 144, verse 13. Now, this is the word. This, hold on. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. Take it off. This is what, we, what we've been looking at as far as what is a happy life. This, that, this is the text. We just haven't made it there yet in six weeks. We still ain't made it back to this right here. But here's what it looks like. Psalm 144, verse 13 in Amplified. When our garners, that's your bank accounts, are full, affording all manner of store. Y'all ain't get it. When your bank accounts are so full, you can afford any kind of store you want to. glad the 399 shoe store shut down. I got tired of seeing y'all walking up in them 399 shoes that's falling over and dang, dang, your feet stinking them 399 shoes. God wants you to go to Neiman Marcus. He wants you to go to Nordstrom's because you go, he going to bless you with so much that you can afford any manner of store. Yeah, they plan. They plan. They don't, they don't want it. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I, I pray pay less shut down on you. I pray that they close down your shoot your payless credit card. May, may your credit card to payless be shut down today. All men of store. God tired of you going to save a lot. You got to bag your own groceries. You got to bag. You trying to you trying to go to Swanson's Market buying. 30 day old bread and buying all dented cans talking about I'm a child of God. Child of God, take your money in public and whole foods and give you some good stuff that all manner of store. Alright, well see, see some some of y'all getting mad right now. Getting mad right now. Don't then, but you're going to be glad when, you, when your stomach feel better because you're eating good food. He satisfies your mouth with good things. So your youth is renewed as the eagle. Psalm 103 verse 5. You better know that. Where, where, what was I talking about? What, what, what I left for? Second Corinthians 10, 9, 9, 9, 10. Amplified, okay? Now, so, and God who provides seed for the sun, bread for, the, for eating, bread for eating, will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing. 
In other words, God wants you to sow. So if you just become a sower, he said, I'll multiply your resources. Make sure you got plenty to sow. Well, what's the good of, what's the good of having plenty to sow? Because when you sow, the more you sow, the more you're going to reap. The more you give, the more you're going to receive. Y'all upset. Okay. Acts 20. Let me go, let's go to Acts 20, verse 33. Acts 20, stay in Amplified. Acts 20, verse 33. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. This is Paul, the apostle, talking. Okay? <laughs> Are y'all there? Notice what Paul says. I coveted no man's silver or gold or costly garments. This is Paul. He's getting his, giving his farewell message to the elders here. He said, I coveted no man's silver or gold or costly garments. I, didn't, I wasn't looking at somebody else's stuff and like, man, I got to have that what they have. Now Saul, uh, Paul had stuff. He said, but I wasn't jockeying in it. Jockey, I know jockeying me. <laughs> I just turned 47. <laughs> jockeying. What, what do they call it today? Sweating? They, yeah, that's old too, ain't it? Sweating. On, I think they just say on. I wasn't on nobody else's stuff. Is that good, Rashi? Am I saying it right? Help me out, Rashi, because Rashi's cool. Big, big time football player now, boy. I heard y'all whooped up on Bogey the other night. That's a shame how y'all whooped up on Bogey. That's a shame. I covered it. Let me get back on it. I covered no man's silver or gold or costly garments. Verse 34. You yourselves know personally that these hands ministered to my own needs and those of the persons who were with me. See that pattern? So he knew about his needs, but also taking care of other people's needs. He understood that. Verse 35. In everything I've pointed out to you by example, that by working diligently in this manner, we ought to do what? Assist the weak. That's financially weak. He's talking about money here, y'all. So those who are financially weak, we're supposed to help them. And you know how the Bible tells us to help them? The other day, the other day I had, I had my, my, my money clip out, right? I was getting, I was getting, getting put in my pocket because I go out for the day. And uh, I took my money clip and see, I don't carry change. I don't carry singles and I don't carry fives. Because I've, I've learned about accumulation. So I, I store all that. I just, I just bought a car with all fives last week. I did. I, am I right? I went to the auction. I, I went to the auction, man. I had a stack of fives like this, like, like I was a drug dealer. Like, like, I, like I was trafficking, Shantae. I did. I'm serious. Now, I was a little nervous because I'm, you know, walking through there like, man, like a stack, stack man. Wow. <laughs> but I did. That, and that's the second one we, I bought this year with it, fives. Earlier this year, we, we uh, went half with our daughter on a car, did it all fives. This is just, just these little accumulation tips. What it does, when you, when you put it away, you don't spend everything. You stop spending all your money. You control your spending. You save. So uh, that was kind of funny last week. Because <laughs> I had me a little chain, a little chunk chain on, too, my little hat. 
had a stack of fives like that. But they worked. They took them. But anyway, so I, I was, I was uh, in my, had my little clip here. So, uh, so I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting my, my money clip, and uh, so I said, well, I, I want to make sure, you know, on the streets or wherever I am, I can bless people, you know, when people, somebody needs help. And I said, but, you know, I ain't necessarily trying to give out 20s and 10s and 50s and 100s. I'm like, let me go get some of my fives and put my, some fives in. I got, we got hundreds of ones. Just let me put some of that in my clip. And then if they ask for something, I'll, I'll break off a little one or a little five. I'm just telling you. And the Holy Spirit said, <clears throat> what are you doing? He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to get some fives. Because if somebody wants to, if they ask me, can I spare any change? I ain't sparing a 20. I can spare a one. I can spare a five. And he said, did my word say, when the poor ask for help to open your hand and let them take what they want? I said, take what they want? I got 20s and 100s and 50s in there. You let them take what they want. Now, don't y'all get any ideas. Y'all look at me like I'm about to come hit past up. <laughs> Security. <laughs> but he said, no. If somebody, you see somebody and I tell you to meet that need, then don't you limit to a five or some ones. Now, I'm just telling you, see, but I had to come to a place in God where I have no financial fears. Such so that if he tells me to break them off a hundred, I can break off a hundred. And not be worried about, oh, Lord, how are we going to make it? I got, you know, a wife and four kids. Well, three kids and my other, my oldest one, you know, she's grown for the most part. Okay. <laughs> Amen. So, so he says, now, I'm, I'm talking about a system the week. Did I start the clock? No. I did not start the clock. Y'all going to be mad. In everything I pointed out to you by example that by working diligently in this manner, we ought to assist the weak. You see that? Yes. So everybody say, I assist, I assist the, weak. the weak. I help, I help the, weak. the weak. I help I the financially weak. Thank you, Lord. So for you to do that, God's got to make you strong. May the Lord make you financially strong. May the Lord strengthen your hands so much that when you see financially weak people everywhere you go, you are ready, willing, and able to help them at a, at a moment's notice. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, say, I receive that. <laughs> I'm a distribution center. I'm a giver. I'm a blesser. I'm a helper. I love God and I love people. I have compassion. So he says here, Assist the week, being mindful of the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, watch this, watch what he said, it is more blessed. <laughs> I receive. He said, it is more blessed. Are y'all ready for this? Now y'all know the scripture, but look at it amplified. It is more blessed, makes one 
happier. when we receive something but Jesus said that it'll make you happier and more to be envied well how, did, how you, people gonna envy you because you're a giver when they see how you start receiving because you're giving they're gonna be like how they got that how they got that chunk how they got that rod how they got that house because I'm a giver I'm a giver I'm a giver I'm a giver he said so you'll be happier tell your neighbor you're gonna be happier when you give you think you think receiving makes you happy watch what happens when you give do you feel happy right now wow. now i'm not you understand i'm not saying this y'all i'm not trying to get y'all doing anything i'm tremendously blessed i'm talking about but we are more blessed we are happier when we give you know how it is if you're a parent at Christmas time or birthday time or any time of gift time, you give somebody's, oh, you just, oh, oh, open it, open it, come on, open it. And if they, if they're like me and taking their time with the paper, taking the tape off here, and you know, part of that, part, can I, can I I'm just, this is another confession, just me being transparent, part of that is my old life trying to creep back in of trying to save the paper because we can use it for something else. Anybody else? Come on, tell the truth, tell the truth, tell the truth. That's that poverty spirit still trying to come back on me. Saving, yeah, we, we got plenty, we got a drawer full of bags. We got a cabinet full of all kind of gift bags, boy, because some things, if you see it again, you say, I think I gave pass of that. Yep, you probably did. Um, it's coming back at you. <laughs> you give and receive. <laughs> Because you will see this again. Listen, you don't, you don't get wealthy by spending all your money. My wife go to Publix, go to Walmart, get all them bags from groceries. We don't throw them bags in the garbage. We don't, we don't recycle. We reuse. Put them garbage back. Come on now. Right? So you get happy when you, when you watch someone receive from you. So Jesus said it's, it's, it's more blessed, it makes one happier and more to be envied to give than to receive. So if I, this is what Jesus was telling this guy in Mark 10. Man, if you really want to be happy, this man knew how to receive. In fact, his question was, how do I receive? Remember back in Mark 10, the rich young ruler? How do I receive? Jesus said, you really want to know how to receive? You want, you want to be happy, really happy? It ain't how you receive, it's how you give. Boy, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all are tremendous, man. Cause y'all, y'all are receiving what I'm saying to you. That's good. That's good. That's good. That's good, boy. Y'all are, you, y'all, you're gonna, you're gonna walk in some stuff, boy. I'm telling you. <laughs> I just, the Lord had me say that to you. You, you just get ready. You're about to walk into some hundredfold blessing. You're about, you're about, you're. About, <laughs> You're about to step in the, into a whole new financial category, a whole new tax category. You're about to be walking into a blessing because you are getting this thing. See, the, the same way when I, when I preach on evangelism and y'all just tell everybody, don't, don't forget that, but add this to it. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Proverbs 11, verse 30. Proverbs 11, verse 30. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. 
The fruit of the righteous. What's the fruit of the righteous? What is the fruit of the righteous? Well, it's me, you know, uh, I, I, I say stuff. That's nice. You got more fruit than that. Fruit is produce. So is whatever the righteous produce. Fruit. Where does fruit come from? A seed. Y'all still, still waiting. They'll catch it in a minute. So when you become a real seed sower, you're going to produce some fruit. And so the fruit you produce will be a tree of life for other people. So now people around you can come and eat off your fruit. And I hope you don't mind other folk eating off your fruit. I hope you don't mind blessing and taking care of other people. I'm talking about God's going to take you to a point where you ain't think about your rent no more. You ain't think about your mortgage. You're going to be paying other folks' mortgage, other folks' rent, other folks' car. You're going to be paying other folks' tuition. See, your fruit is a tree of life. Your fruit brings life to other people. Remember, you're helping those who are weak. Remember, we just read in Acts 20, 20 35. You're helping those who are weak, right? Then he, he says, Deke, watch this. And he that wins souls is wise. All right, now, Proverbs, Old Testament or New Testament? Huh? You sure? Okay, I'm going to make sure. It is. You're right. They didn't know it on that side. Y'all got it. Old Testament. They were, they were, somebody, they were somebody, oh. They wouldn't say old, they would say old. <laughs> so Old Testament, right? Old Testament. So that means in Old Testament, there was no born again experience. Nobody got saved. Nobody got born again in the Old Testament. Not until Jesus Christ came and died on the cross and rose again can anybody at all get born again. So when he says winning souls, he is not talking about you getting people born again. He is talking about, Kurt, I receive. He's talking about you winning that person to yourself and to God. In the sense that you have now won their soul over. You've won their mind, their will, their emotions over. Now, simply put, you've made them like you. Oh, you're hearing this here. Oh, the, 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 thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Bible says, says in Proverbs that every man is the friend to him who gives gifts. Does, does your Bible say it in Proverbs? Every man is a friend to him who gives gifts. It also says your gifts will make room for you and bring you before great men. He's not talking about you tap dancing and doing ballet and doing waving flags. When he says your gift, your gift is a present. It's something you give to someone. It'll make room for you. So then let's add this. I want you to understand evangelism now. So then... Once I have won your soul, now I have entry to tell you about Jesus. 
That's why James, thank you, Holy Ghost, he is so awesome. That's why James said if a man come to you and he's hungry and he's cold, you don't say to him, go, be warm, be filled, I'll pray for you. He said, no, you put food on his belly, put, a cloak, put clothes on his back, and then you can tell him about Jesus. We're trying to evangelize without meeting physical needs. <laughs> We're trying to tell folk about Jesus and people, people are hungry. You go in Salem, about to get you some three strips and fries and, you know, and a drink. A salad, you want to get three strips and a salad? Okay, get you a salad. And, and, and people come and they asking for, for, you know, help and you, well, Jesus will help you. Jesus will help you. You bum. That's your job. You're the Jesus that they see. You help them, bring them, come on in here, I'll buy you something. And order whatever you want. Then you say, sit down, let me talk to you about Jesus. See, we try to do it backwards. Our religious. Hmm. He, boy, all right. I'm past time and we haven't even gotten to our point yet. Okay, so let me, let me I'm going to try to round this off here. Okay. I'm, I'm trying to teach you. So, verse 35, Luke, uh, I'm sorry, Acts 20, 35, amplified again. Acts 20, 35, amplified. Hallelujah. It is more blessed, makes one happier. It makes me happier and more envied to give than to receive. Okay? Why is that? Luke 6, 38, I showed you that the other night. Because Jesus said, give and it shall be, it will be given to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom or into your lap or into your, uh, the pockets of your uh, robe as if you were studied out in the Old Testament. Okay, King James. Okay, King James. Let's look at King James on this here. Praise the Lord. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom? Yeah. Yeah, shall men. Right, that's what King James points it out. Shall men, shall people. So God creates a system. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. All right. Um, 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. Jonathan, I'm sorry, I'm still reviewing. So what I had to preach, I'm going to preach it Wednesday. You'll be here? Okay. So Paul tells Timothy here in this book, command those who are rich in this present age. Now, remember what I said Wednesday night. Timothy is, a, is an apostle. He's leading people. He doesn't have command over the unsaved. This is for the church folk. So when he says command those who are rich, he's talking about rich people in the church. Is that right? So obviously God expects there to be rich people in the church. Don't get mad at that. Don't come up on me now. 
He expects there to be, in fact, in fact, if you were to go back to Old Testament, he expects there to be more rich than there are poor. Because his word, I think is in Deuteronomy 15, he says, if there be any poor among you. He says, if there be any poor among you. So there, in other words, God's like, there shouldn't really be any poor among you. <laughs> Except that there be, may be no poor among you. For the Lord, for the Lord will greatly bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you to possess an inheritance. In other words, God says, I'm going to bless you so much, there really shouldn't be any poor people in my family. Y'all struggling. Am I right about this? They were struggling this time, y'all. They had y'all last time, but this time, they're the ones struggling with this. Ain't no poor people on this side over here. All right. Okay, so go back to 1 Timothy 6, 17. I, so I can wrap this up. Let me wrap this up here. So then this rich, these rich people are you. It's you in the church. So Paul says, command those who are rich in this present age. Remember in this present age? Remember Mark 10, verse 30? hundredfold in this, now in this time, in this present age? Okay. So this is people who've received that hundredfold here. So command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Don't be all highfalutin. But here's the big part. Nor to trust in uncertain riches. So when the money increases, you keep getting raised promotions and all of a sudden, you know, you get your inheritance and you all of a sudden, you know, this wealth transfer happens. You got $20 million in the bank now. All of a sudden, don't be like, you know, <laughs> yeah, I got it. Don't trust in that. 20 million? Was that enough? 20 million? 40 million? Y'all, you keep going. Tell me. Y'all tell me what's coming. I don't know what's coming. I don't, I don't know what seed you've been sowing. See, y'all, now you're quiet. Now you're quiet. <laughs> you been sowing seed for 40 million? You will. Because it's still coming in. <laughs> So, but in the living God who gives us what? Richly, come on. All things, to All things to enjoy. Verse 18, let them do good. That's be, be philanthropic. That do good is philanthropy here. That they be rich in good works. Your good works is helping other people. Ready to give. Come on. Let me share. Verse 19, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold, that's what this rich man asked about, of eternal life. Lay hold of this always being happy life now. You see that? I want to always be happy. And money doesn't do it. Giving does it. Okay. Go to Proverbs 23. I'll, I'll finish right here. Hallelujah. Is it Rayla? Rana. Rana. Are you getting this right here? Yes. Good. I just want to make sure. All right. Proverbs 23. You there? 
Verse 4. Wow. Happy versus miserable. Now, we already saw in Acts 20 35 that it'll be, you'll be happier giving, more enviable giving than receiving. So there's a, there's a you, you, you can choose two conditions to live in. Remember he said happy are the people in such a state? Two states, either be happy, you can choose to be happy, or you can choose to be miserable. You ever heard the phrase, misery loves company? Yes. The devil is miserable. So he's behind this covetousness spirit, this love of money, that he wants to make us miserable. That's why he'll try to get you, talk you out of blessing somebody or sowing or whatever your, your God tells you to do, all right? So I don't want you miserable, I want you happy. Okay? Do not overwork to be rich. You see that? It's all right to be rich, right? But don't you make that your aim. Because of your own understanding, cease. See, all you can understand is just, well, you know, I work hard, I'm going to have this. Listen, your understanding, lean not to your own understanding. So because of what you can see, just cease from that, stop from that. Verse 5, will you set your eyes on that which is not? Now, what are we talking about here? Riches. For riches certainly make themselves wings. They fly away like an eagle toward heaven. So, yeah, money will make, will make wings, right? So don't set your eyes on that. Because remember what, what we just read in 1 Timothy 6, 17, it's uncertain riches. Do y'all see how the Holy Ghost ties all this together? Because he says the riches, riches they'll make themselves wings. They'll, they fly away like an eagle towards heaven. Now, I taught y'all this some time ago on they fly away for redistribution. I showed y'all that. Go, I don't know which, what message that was, but go back and find it. If you can find it. <laughs> okay? Now watch verse 6 here. Do not eat the bread of a miser. What did it say? Do not eat the bread of a what? Nor desire his delicacies. Now what's a miser? I know what a miser is. It's a stingy tightwad. That's tightwad is a really good word for it. A stingy greedy person who really does not want to share. So the Bible says, don't eat his bread. That means a miser might invite you over. Invite you out. Said, don't eat. You just, I'll have water and some napkins. If anything, water, give me some, you know, lemons. Y'all got sweet and low on the table. I'm make my own little. Or have your own money before you eat the bread of a miser. Now, miser, do you recognize, is the root word of miserable? You look it up in the etym etymology. M miserable comes from the word miser. And so this miser is a miserable or unhappy person. Now, what is making this miser miserable? What makes the miser miserable? It says, don't desire delicacies. Verse 7, watch this. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. 
So he really is not a generous person. Take you out to the restaurant, order everything you want, but he's watching you. Oh, did you get the crab legs? God, no. You didn't see the chicken on sale? God. <laughs> the blue plate special, you ain't. Did you just do did you just go Oscar style on that steak? Did you? <laughs> and the swimps? That's your uncle. That's your uncle right there. That's your uncle. He says, but his heart is not with you. Watch verse 8. The morsel you have eaten, you will vomit up and waste your pleasant words. Now, watch, watch what he's saying here. He's saying to us, don't be deceived by miserable, miserable people. What he's really saying is, you really don't even want to have company with miserable people. Now, wait a minute. Now, why is he miserable again? Because he doesn't give. So let's just make, if A equals B and B equals C, then A must equal C, right? So then, I just forgot what I was about to say, giving you all that math lesson right there. So then, okay, so is, you don't want to hang with a miserable person. A miserable person, a person who doesn't give, you don't want to hang with people who don't give. People who are, are not giving, you always have to spit the check. I, and I hate that. I hate, I ain't, I hate that. There's two nine checks. Glory to God. Miserable people, you can't, you can't even make them happy. How many of y'all know a miserable person? Come on, seriously. How many of y'all know a miserable person? Miserable person. All right, put your hand down. They, they can't see you. They're on camera, but they can't see you. Okay? Now evaluate that person. Just in your mind, just kind of think about them. Are they a real giver? Come on, answer the question now in yourself. In to yourself now. You think about it? See, you, you realize... Dog, that's why they're miserable. That's why I don't like being around them. Hey, we got to go over Auntie So-and-So house. Dog, I hate that. They're going to check how much toilet tissue you use and everything. Golly. You gotta, they got to pass out the tissue. You can't just go to the bathroom on your own. I got to wash out my cup. Lord of mercy. This, this is a red cup. I got to wash it out. I got to bring my own fork. Oh, Lord. Am I right about it? Y'all know somebody. Somebody in your mind, you're thinking, oh, Lord. I just, or somebody they're just mean and cantankerous. You, you will never find a generous, cantankerous person. You never find somebody who they, they just are just the meanest old soul you find and they're a giver all the time. Because they don't exist. They don't go together. So he said, don't be around that person. You know why you don't want to be around that person, deep? Because they're contagious. 
and you don't want to have an open wound, an open wound. This is what happens in the church. People come, in, come to church with open wounds. Well, they've had church hurt somewhere else. They got an open wound and they get around some cantankerous, miserable person. And that person says, when the offering time, the, the, the cantankerous person says, mm. and that open wound just got infected. I just said something. Y'all didn't catch what I said. You come to church with an open wound. Because you've been hurt. And you hadn't been healed. And your open wound just gets infected by a cantankerous person. And all of a sudden, I don't believe anything them people say. So you can't be around them, ladies and gentlemen. Because it will, it will not let you be happy. Get on your feet. I, I got to quit. I got to quit. I got to quit. I'm going to show you Wednesday night. I'm going to show you two families. That walked in this kind of happiness. And why? And how? And I think we'll be done. Then I can move to some other bright subject. <laughs> Something you want to talk about. We're going to have a recovery 2018. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Now, have y'all learned something through this time so far? You know, they have something called uh, BSE and TSE. Y'all medical, medical people know what I'm talking about. Where you self-examine, you know, you examine yourself. Well, this is, this is a, a HSC. It's a heart self-examination. It's checking our heart, making sure I don't have any covetousness in me. I don't have anything in me that doesn't belong, doesn't belong because I have to be in a place where... When God's looking for a heart that's loyal to him and he's going to pour out his blessings, I'm ready to receive. So I'm going to get rid of, get rid of the stingy now. I get rid of the greedy now. And so then God can really just bless me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. When I, you know, I told you the other day, uh, just a few minutes ago, how I went and took all them fives and I bought a car. Well, the car wasn't for me or for my wife or my family. It's a seed car. My wife and I made up in our hearts, we want to we wanna sow a car. So we bought a seed car. Because, you know, I saved some fives, but them fives won't get us the car we, that we need. <laughs> but it'll get us the seed car. So somebody going to get blessed. I don't know who it is, but somebody going to get blessed with a seed car. Sharp, sharp little car, and give them a, I just got to do a little, few things, get it all fixed up, and make sure it's all nice. I'm gonna get Tyrone to detail it. Yes. I mean, a toothbrush detail, like yes. toothpicks. I mean, get down there and get it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, oh, like that's how the Navy does it. Yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But see, what I'm, I, I'm gonna say it because you'll be doing the same thing over and over again. Over and over again. And all this tenderness and, and greediness is gone. And it's gone. I believe it. I, man, I'm, I, just, I was sitting there preaching a few minutes ago, and I just saw that over, over this crowd. Just, wow. Something's broken in every one of y'all. I'm telling you. 
It just, it just stopped me in the Holy Ghost right there for a minute. It's like, well, something broke in here. And uh, people are going to like being your friend. You understand that? People are going to look forward to, to being around you. Every man is a friend of him who gives gifts. Glory to God. You're going to win souls and then you're going to get them saved. Right? Father, thank you so much for the word. Thank you so much for teaching us, revealing things to us. God, and we can't go over this too much because you keep peeling back layers and layers and layers of this thing, causing us to know uh, how really big this is and how important this is. We thank you. Lord, I, I certainly thank you as uh, a pastor, as a man of God, for these precious people that you've placed in this church, Father, those who are watching online, those who are faithfully attending and whatever, what, what, what have you, Lord, that God, that something today has broken over the lives of your people, that Father, that any kind of uh, covetousness, Lord, it is, it is being cured. Giving is the cure for covetousness. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And God, I pray that, Lord, we will be known, we be known for our giving. As a church, thank you that we are, you've made us known for our giving. Thank you, Father, that as a church, we are giving into orphanages and giving to, to help uh, people in other nations and giving to help people in prison and all those things that we're doing. God, I thank you that, God, that even us individually will be known for our giving. That God will be those ones that you, you will say you cannot do without. Those cheerful, joyous prompt to do it givers whose hearts are in our giving. Thank you, Father, that Lord, as we do this, we trust you with this. You will bless our socks off. You'll bless us so much, Lord. We'll never have, ever have to worry about or think about our housing, our clothing, our food, our transportation, and all the other things that life wants to bring our way. Thank you that God will be abundantly supplied on every side all the time. God, I pray that these, your people, will have eyes to see needs, needs everywhere we go, that we'll have hearts ready and prepared to do what you tell us to do, ears that will be listening to your voice. And I pray, Father, that you, hallelujah, everybody just put your hands out in front of you like this, just put your hands out in front of you. Father, I pray over these hands that you make these hands financially strong. I pray for increases. I pray for multiplication. I pray for acceleration. I pray for exponential increase. Exponential increase. Not little percentages, God. Exponential increases, Lord, of finances on these, on these lives and these hands. I call thousands and millions into these hands. Even, Lord, bodily, Lord, billions and trillions into this church, oh God. I call forth, Lord, to multiply, Lord, funds and resources, God. You said in your word, you'll multiply resources for sowing, God. And I pray that, God, these hands will be the extension, Lord, of our hearts, and our hearts are connected with your heart, oh God. And everything we see, Lord, everyone we see will be ready to meet those needs. So I pray financial strength, financial grace,
into these hands that they'll be always full. Always full. Always full. Ready to give. Ready to give. Ready to give. Ready, ready to distribute. Ready to distribute. Ready to distribute, oh God. God, thank you that, Lord, we'll have no more empty hands. That we'll never, ever, I curse emptiness now. I curse emptiness now. I curse poverty now. We break that spirit of poverty now. And we know, God, that it'll be by our giving that poverty is broken off of every life. And I thank you, Lord, that we shall succeed in everything we put our hands to. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you all the honor. In Jesus' matchless name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. Now put those same hands together and give God a great praise today.